Today we celebrate the feast of the presentation of our Lord. Jewish law holds that after the first child of a mother is born, 40 days later, sacrifice is to be offered for this child. And as we heard in today's gospel, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus encounter two people in the temple, Anna and Simeon. We hear specifically about Simeon. They're both prophets as they speak through the Lord. What is to come of this child, Jesus? Imagine being Simeon, this elderly man, devout in prayer, and being told that you would not see death until you saw the Savior of the world. And so as he sees this child enlightened by the Holy Spirit, he takes the child in his arms, and we hear this beautiful hymn, In Luke chapter 2, verses 29 through 32. Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory for your people, Israel. The prayers and the readings for today's Mass focus heavily on light. Jesus is the light for revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus is the light that dispels all darkness. In your missiles, you may have seen that there's a longer form to begin Mass today, where there's a procession with candles, a blessing of candles. Given time and weather, we decided not to do a procession with candles today. However, it's important for us to reflect on the beauty and the meaning of this. We see this done in a much more exaggerated way at the Easter Vigil, and probably one that you're more familiar with, in which we process into a church of darkness in one single light from the new fire from the Easter candle spreads to light the entire church. I enjoy sometimes when I walk into a completely dark church. And as I walk in, it's lit usually just by one candle, by the sanctuary candle burning brightly in the church to indicate the presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Sometimes it's even more evident of the lights illuminating the church when we have the votive candles burning, enough light to sometimes light up the entire church. The image of light itself begins with creation. The Lord creates and eliminates darkness when he says the words, let there be light. Yet we know with the fall, that sin came into the world, and with sin also came darkness. Darkness both for our minds and our hearts. We see at Pentecost, when the disciples receive the Holy Spirit, how does it appear? Flames, tons of fire above their heads. 
It is the moment of this igniting fire that, that fuels the first disciples to spread the message of the gospel to all the nations. At your baptism, your godfather was handed a lit candle. And as he received it, he heard these words. Receive the light of Christ. This light is entrusted to you to be kept burning brightly. This child of yours has been enlightened by Christ. He is to walk always as a child of the light. May he keep the flame of faith alive in his heart. When the Lord comes, may he go out and meet him with all the saints in the heavenly kingdom. This is an essential truth of our faith. A promise that was made at baptism. Right? If you're a parent or if you're a godparent, this wasn't just a ceremonial word. It was a promise. And if we are baptized as a child, yes, even though we did not verbally make that promise ourselves, the promise to keep that light burning was a promise. It's a promise to keep the light of grace of Jesus Christ alive in our hearts. I enjoy watching um, in some of our parishes, the altar servers have to go outside to process in. And often when we go outside, you open the door and that brisk Nebraska wind comes. And the candle that they've just lit gets blown right out by the wind. That's why we keep lighters in the back of church many times. That illustration, that reality, though, is true in our own lives as Christians. Right? We received the light of Christ at baptism, that sanctifying grace. And often temptation, the smallest wind of temptation, as minuscule as it may seem, can extinguish that candle. We call that mortal sin. Right? When mortal sin is committed, sanctifying grace in our hearts is extinguished. The fire of the grace in our lives is not spreading anymore. Right? And if this candle, the fire of grace in our hearts, is not setting fire and spreading, is it really burning? So I want to get practical. How do I make sure that this light, the grace of Jesus Christ in my life, not just continues burning in the candle, but spreads, sets the world on fire? I want to present three suggestions. First, prayer. We're told in Scripture that we're to pray without ceasing. One way this can be done, I mentioned it in passing earlier, is through a road of candles. It's not just a pious saying to say that as the candles continue burning, that our prayer continues on as long as that candle is burning. That's truly a fact. Furthermore, in prayer throughout my whole day, 
As I wake up in the morning, I can make that morning offering. Right? To offer all my works, my joys, my sufferings to Jesus Christ for the redemption of souls, for the redemption of my own soul. To unite all of that to the Mass and to offer it for others. Number two. Confession. Right, just as I mentioned with our altar servers, sometimes in our lives, a brisk wind of temptation can put out that light. Sanctifying grace gets blown out in the reality when mortal sin enters into our lives. And then we're called then to daily examine our own conscience and be resolute that when the fire in our hearts been extinguished, we run quickly before Jesus, who's humbly present in the person of a priest to make a sacramental confession. It's through the words of absolution that the priest gives the forgiveness of sins, that the wicks of our own hearts are relit with sanctifying grace. Third and lastly, the Eucharist gives us defense. Right? The Holy Spirit, through the Holy Eucharist, provides fuel to the fire to burn. And also when we fruitfully and devoutly receive the Eucharist, its nourishment can defend us against the attacks and temptations of the enemy. Temptations to extinguish that grace, that candle. Going back to this image of the altar servers carrying the candle, some days I might be feeling nice, and as we walk out the doors, I know exactly when that brisk wind comes. And I'll quickly put my hand in front of the candle. Then we don't have to relight it. In a similar way, candle as it remains burning, in a similar way, just as we receive the Eucharist, the Lord through his grace, through the Holy Spirit, in moments of temptation, can defend us against those attacks of the enemy, can assist us by his grace to resist them, can defend us by his protecting help. At the end of the Mass, we're told to go forth. And we're told to go forth to do what? To proclaim the gospel of the Lord. To set the world on fire. As Christians, we're called to carry out Jesus Christ as the light to all the nations. We're called to continue to be that fulfillment of Simeon's prophecy. That Jesus Christ's light is spread to all the nations. <laughs>